0: episode number three. On today's episode, I'm talking about how to deal with friends who judge you for your eating habits, what it really means to trust your body more than your diet, five ways you can start trusting your body today. And then I'm closing out with a little quote that I I read in Emily Nagoski's book, Come As You Are. And it talks about why loving yourself and celebrating your body is essential for sexual health so that's really fun i thought that was a nice way to end things and it's a great book i definitely recommend anyone read it it's got a whole section on health at every size but we'll get into that So this podcast is brought to you by my Patreon. If you want to join a community of supportive and compassionate people dedicated to healing their relationships with food, head on over to whitneycatalanocom slash podcast to learn more. By becoming a monthly patron, not only will you get exclusive content and support from me, but you will also be directly supporting the creation of this podcast, which I am so beyond grateful for. Seriously, every dollar makes a huge difference for me in being able to produce this podcast weekly. And so I'm very appreciative. Um, So this week in the Facebook group, We are working through the 10 weeks of intuitive eating still. And we're talking about lots of things. Some people are talking about, you know, the pressure of being a bridesmaid and having to be up in front of everyone or we're also talking about meal prepping from a non-diet perspective. So that is all the fun that's happening in the Facebook group. Please head on over and check that out. Again, it's com slash podcast. And just a reminder that I am currently booking um, application calls to apply for my Jumpstart to Food Freedom program, which starts March 4th. I think in my first episode or maybe my second episode, I said that the program started at the end of February, but I moved it back a week because... I, had a lot, I have a lot going on at the end of February, so I was trying to give myself a little bit of space there. But I'm really, really excited for this program. The people who have already joined are just... Amazing. Um, it is basically a food healing accelerator. So you really get all the foundational tools that you need to not only heal your relationship with food, but also, you know, make a huge progress in your relationship with your body and towards body acceptance and your relationship with self worth. So we do a lot of like unpacking your fears and um, getting helping you get out of your own way. So it's going to be a really transformational and amazing group program. I'm so excited. So I'm still taking applications for that. Um, You can find more information at WhitneyCatalano.com slash food dash freedom so thank you to everyone who left a review on apple podcast also so grateful for you all i the reviews are so fun to read through i really appreciate them and especially since i released the first two episodes i've been loving reading through them what i may do next episode i said i was going to do it at this episode but here we are um is read through all the names so you know as kind of like encouragement to keep (laughs) keep reviewing but I don't want to do that right now because I don't have it in front of me, so it makes it a little bit difficult. (laughs) And as always, if you have any suggestions for me or you want me to answer a question on an episode or maybe you just want to give me some feedback, tell me how much you're liking the podcast, you can email me at podcast at WhitneyCatalano.com. And a quick disclaimer that the information in this podcast is for informational and educational purposes only and is not a substitute for individual medical or mental health advice. Okay. So the first thing I want to start out with, so I'm actually recording this the day that I released my podcast last week. So the, day, the launch day. And um, I have been loving all the feedback so far. I know a lot of you are really finding this podcast valuable, which is awesome. And I hope it will continue to be super valuable for you. But one of the things that I did today was I posted on my Instagram stories, uh, the little you know question box that you can do, and I asked what you all wanted to hear about. And someone said, friends who are judgmental about your eating habits, healthy or unhealthy. And I wanted to address that really quickly in the appetizer section because I thought it's really interesting. I get this question all the time and I want to help you out with it. So for starters, if someone's judging you like point blank period, it's usually because of how they feel about themselves. So judgments on other people are typically a projection of that person's insecurities or fears or beliefs or whatever it is, whatever they've been sort of brought up to believe or maybe the beliefs they've adopted over time. Judgments are then a projection of those beliefs. So they're not always about you really. Like Yeah, they feel really personal and it's really, really messed up to have someone like pointing out what you're trying to eat, especially if you are already sensitive to people, you know, feeling like you're not eating well enough or whatever it is. Or like, you know, if you're struggling with your relationship with food, this is going to be even more apparent if someone's being like, oh, you know, wow, you're eating so unhealthy or whatever. So I think the first thing is just to like take a deep breath and be like, okay, whatever this person is saying about my eating habits is a reflection of their own relationship with food and not a reflection on me. You can't internalize that because I guarantee this friend of yours doesn't have the education to be commenting on your eating habits from an informed perspective because no ethical, you know, dietitian or nutrition provider is going to do that in just like a setting. Like that's so that is so unethical. There's like so much wrong with that. And so I can, I just by the story, I can guarantee that like this person is not qualified to be commenting on your eating habits. When you have a disordered relationship with food, and I'm sure a lot of you can identify with this, it can be really easy to fall into this trap of like needing to hyper control and monitor everyone's eating around you because you're so desperate for control over your own eating habits. Obviously I don't want to sit here and like diagnose this friend and be like well maybe they're struggling with their eating habits but like maybe they are maybe they're struggling with their relationship with their food and that's why they feel compelled to like make these verbal comments because they want to pass the same sort of judgment that they pass on themselves. Also if they're passing judgment on you it's likely that they're very familiar with what it means to be judgmental about food and they're doing it to themselves like 10 times over. So I would definitely say take a lens of compassion here, but also set boundaries. So something that we talk about a lot and we're going to keep talking about is setting boundaries with friends and family, because this is so unbelievably important to the food freedom process. Basically means next time your friend does this, say, Hey, would you mind actually not commenting on my food choices? It makes me really uncomfortable. And I'd rather just like talk about anything else or, you know, Hey, would you mind not commenting on my food choices? Because I'm working on my relationship with food and it's honestly like, it, it stresses me out and it, it makes it hard for me to enjoy my food. Even when you're complimenting how like healthy something is, it's still, it makes it hard for me to enjoy my food. The amount of information that you share during this is totally up to you. You can tell them, you can be like totally straight up and like vulnerable and just be like, hey, you know, I'm really struggling right now and it would really, really help me out if you didn't make comments. Or you can try to like, you know, keep as many details out and just be super straightforward, like practice it in the mirror. Just be like, I appreciate what you're trying to do. Like, thank you. But I actually, it, it does make me kind of uncomfortable. It makes it hard to enjoy my food. So would it be okay if we just didn't talk about whether or not something's healthy while we're eating? Because I, I just don't want that input or whatever it is. Like, I just am not interested in that perspective. So that's definitely one way you can go about it. If they keep bringing this up um, and if they keep making comments or whatever and you have to reinforce these boundaries multiple times and they're still not listening then you're gonna need to reevaluate the role that this friend plays in your life and maybe you don't eat with this friend anymore and that can suck but like if someone's not respecting your boundaries you need to do what's best for you especially when you've made them clear yes you cannot expect someone to know your boundaries until you say them right so you can't just like expect someone to read your mind and be like okay, well, you know, they should know that that's weird. Like they don't know. It's likely that this person like isn't even aware that they're really doing this and that it's having an effect on you because it's probably so normal in their head. But if you've said it a few times, you've really like made your boundaries clear, then if they keep doing it, like that's when you need to reevaluate. So that's my advice on that. I hope that helps. Um, every week I'll be posting on my Instagram stories an opportunity for you all to let me know what you want me to talk about. So, and I'm keeping a really long list. So please uh, head on over to Instagram stories every Tuesday for trust your body Tuesday to let me know your thoughts. All right. So now for the main dish, we're talking about what does it mean to trust your body? I figured I should probably put this episode before I did another interview because it's the name of the podcast and I probably should have opened up with it, but you know, here we are. So Trusting Your Body, the reason why I even came up with that name is because I liked the way, well, I always have been a very intuitive person and through learning about intuitive eating and health at every size, I've become increasingly intuitive in my eating habits, obviously, that's the whole thing. And so I wanted my brand, I guess- to or my platform or whatever to like represent that. And so originally it was trust your gut. And then I was like, nah, that's a little confusing. It's like gut health. I was like, trust your body, trust your body more than your diet. Because this is such a theme, right? Dieting teaches us to trust our diets more than our body and to question hunger. So when you're on a diet, and maybe you don't even call it a diet, maybe you call it a lifestyle and you're like, oh, I'm on, you know, keto or whatever it is, this like quote unquote lifestyle that's like changing people's lives. So maybe at the beginning of this like, lifestyle change or whatever you want to call it, um, you find that your cravings are totally aligned with it. You're really excited. You've got that sort of euphoria that comes with starting a new diet of like, ooh, I'm going to change my life, na na which we'll talk about that whole component in a future episode. But eventually, you're going to get to a point where you need to make a decision, right? You're going to have a craving for something that's not, quote, acceptable or okay on this diet that you're on. And then you're going to have to choose between one or the other. And oftentimes with dieting, what happens is that if you do choose the craving, then you kind of go into this like screw it mentality of like, oh, well, I ruined the diet. I'm done. And then the flip side of that is like you reject your cravings. Maybe you reject your hunger in favor of trusting that this diet knows more about feeding you than you could possibly know. But here's the thing. We are all born intuitive eaters. Like all of us. It's only in cases of, you know, learning from parents that you can't trust your hunger or being, having restricted food access or maybe being put on a diet or whatever it is, like all these things that can happen along the way are what teach us that we can't trust our bodies. When in reality, your body is designed to survive. It is designed to help you eat enough to thrive. And so the intuitive eating is the whole process of learning to trust that. The problem with diets is that every time we make that decision where we trust our diet or whatever, some meal plan, some influencer over our own body's internal cues, we erode that trust with ourselves. And that becomes really problematic later on. So what happens is that Even after just one diet, but oftentimes after many diets, we have eroded our trust in ourselves so much that when you end up, for example, binge eating because your body's not getting enough food and it's trying to survive, um, we immediately jump to blaming ourselves because the diet is probably the right thing and we're probably wrong, right? So I hear clients all the time and just people like my friends Say things like, I can't stop eating. I don't have the willpower to stop eating. I'm addicted to sugar, as if the problem is like us or addiction or whatever it is. Like the problem is not the diet because the diet is still like the number one thing, right? So, one thing I want to tell you is that there's nothing wrong with you. Even if you have something like Hashimoto's, which is an autoimmune condition, and you can feel like your body's fighting yourself because, in some ways, it is, right? There's still nothing wrong with you. Your body is still looking out for you. It's trying to do the best that it can. And like, maybe it gets a little, you know, messy along the way, but there's absolutely nothing wrong with you. And your body is like fighting so hard to be there for you. So the first step is just like believing that and and acknowledging that like, maybe these diets aren't the answer. Maybe these diets don't know more than I know about my body. And the reason why dieting doesn't work is for that exact reason, right? Diets are designed to fail because a diet industry is going to be a lot more profitable if you are a lifetime consumer. If diets worked, there would be no diet industry. We'd all be like magically fixed. We'd all be like super skinny. There would be no body diversity. Like if diets worked like they say that they do, we wouldn't even be having this conversation. The diet industry is structured to keep you hooked for life because that is Real profitable. Okay. It's really, 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 really profitable if you completely erode your trust in yourself and second guess yourself constantly in exchange for trusting the diet. But it doesn't make evolutionary sense because if you were able to lose rapid amounts of weight from starving, you would die in a famine. Like you would die. And that's really not helpful. Your genes are not down with that. They're like, they're out here trying to reproduce. Like they're out here trying to pass that gene pool along. So, if we were able to just like drop weight like that and from a calorie deficit, like we'd be screwed as a species. We wouldn't have survived the countless historical famines and the famines that concurrently still are happening in this world. Okay. So, I just want you to like take that in. And there's a lot more details to that, but that's kind of like the general theme right here. Okay. So, let's talk about five ways to start trusting your body. One, when you're hungry, eat. A big thing that I hear from a lot of people is, oh, you know, I just ate, I I shouldn't be hungry yet. So I'm not going to eat again. Or I heard that you're not supposed to eat after six or whatever it is. All these things of like, I heard, or it doesn't make sense, or why am I hungry? Stop questioning your hunger. Your body is hungry. End of story. Just eat. If you have access to food, like eat it and let your body know that it's going to get consistent food. Because what's going to happen if you continue to restrict your body and to continue to question your hunger signals, is those hunger signals, one, are going to shut off. They're going to completely shut down. And that tends to be like one of the biggest challenges I have with my clients is that their hunger signals have shut down. So we have to go through a pretty long process of retraining those hunger signals and getting the body back to functioning the way that it once did before the dieting. And the second thing that happens is that you continue to erode this trust in your body, that your hunger signals can't be trusted, that you couldn't you know, possibly need to eat again. And that for some, you know, some person on the internet who works for like Shape Magazine knows more about your body than you do at that very moment. Like when you put it like that, you'll realize kind of how ridiculous it is that we stop trusting our own bodies. Okay. So the second way that I want you to start trusting your body is to stop talking shit about it. Just stop. Like we got to, we got to shut that down, shut it down, stop, talking shit about your body, okay? And I don't care if you like believe the good stuff or like believe that you love yourself or even like, you know, even if you have nothing good to say about your body, break that habit of talking badly about it. Your body can hear you. Words matter. The things that you say and vocalize matter. And there's actually research around this, So you've got to start with just not indulging that need to obsess and to bring up the things that you hate about your body because it's not helpful. It's not doing anything. It's not helping you. It's giving you more and more evidence why you shouldn't trust your body and why your body does not deserve to be cared for. So recognize how these words are affecting you and break that habit you do nothing else start there the third way is to recognize your tendencies to seek outside information when you're panicking so a lot of us have this tendency right when we feel insecure or panicky or desperate or whatever it is something for a fix we look outside of ourselves for answers so i'll have a lot of clients tell me like i just need to learn everything that i need to know about intuitive eating and body positivity and stuff like right now to be okay. Otherwise I'm not going to be okay. And I'm always like, okay, we need to take a step back. We need to breathe. First of all, take just a quick, deep breath, learning everything you could possibly learn. First of all, is not possible. Second of all is a diet mentality thing. That's like, you know, seeking for diet answers in the middle of the night. That's, that's, that's what that is. That's, that panic to look outside of yourself for information because the whole point of intuitive eating is learning how to listen to your body. It's a practice. It is not something that you can like logically learn. And I would highly recommend that you will listen to episode number two with Evelyn Triboli because she says this, it's not something that you can just like learn intellectually And that's it. You have to experience it. You have to have this practice of intuitive eating in order to really understand it. And that takes time. So when you feel this like urgent drive to go find answers everywhere outside of yourself and to gain as much knowledge as possible in order to make up for whatever you're feeling insecure about, take a deep breath, center yourself. And maybe do a little, you know, meditation or a little bit of like vocalization of just being like, it's okay. I'm learning how to trust my body right now. My body is looking out for me. I just need to offer it that love and acceptance and support that it needs from me. Okay, so number four is practice tuning into your body. So asking, how do I feel right now? What could have caused that feeling? How hungry am I? How full am I? On my Patreon, I have a hunger and fullness Log and scale that you can use to start this practice, basically helping you rank your hunger and fullness and gives you some intuitive eating tips and, and other, you know, hunger and fullness tips. But I would also encourage you to do this for emotions. So it's just kind of a check in to see how do I feel right now? Are you feeling anxious? Are you feeling stressed out? Are you feeling sad? Are you feeling bored? What are you feeling? what caused that feeling. Maybe you're just bored and it's not anything deeper. Maybe you're feeling anxious because you're feeling really insecure about an event. Maybe you're feeling stressed out because you don't like your job, you know, and there's all these things that can come up, but just ask yourself how you're feeling. It's very simple. It sounds really simple, but it's really powerful. And I find that a lot of times we're scared of feeling those feelings. We're scared of negative emotions. And so we stop asking ourselves how we feel because we're scared to find out what the answer is going to be. But if you know how you feel, then you have an opportunity to do something about it. If you don't know how you feel, like, what what can you do? You got to just keep shoving it down and moving along, you know? And you're continuing to suppress what your body needs to do. So give yourself a chance to tune into how you feel. And then finally, the fifth way to start trusting your body to eat what you want as soon as you want it. This really throws people off. You know, I always get like, well, what about, you know, am I supposed to eat a pack of Oreos then? You really think that's okay? Like you're a dietitian, you should know better. Like, okay, relax. First of all, if you ate an entire sleeve of Oreos every day, I guarantee you would, after like a week, you'd probably never eat Oreos again. Maybe two weeks, maybe two weeks. I can't even imagine eating an entire pack of Oreos in one day anymore because first of all, they get so dry, like, (laughs) like in your mouth. (laughs) It's just like a lot, like, you know, unless you have milk, I guess that would be helpful. But also if it's off limit or if it's off limits, then you're going to want to binge them. But if you can have Oreos whenever you want, then yeah, you're not going to want them after a couple of days. It's going to be, you're going to be pretty burned out on Oreos, just like with anything else. This is a, um, this is, what 's called habituation, so the more exposure you have to something, the less like appealing it becomes and becomes sort of normalized so um, that's the whole thing with exposing yourself to the foods that you're afraid of and that you're trying to avoid is that eventually you normalize around it and they're not as like appealing and tempting so if you're craving something, just eat it and move on with your life. stop trying to replace it with a bunch of different foods stop trying to to substitute or to, you know, trick your hunger by like drinking water or whatever those diet tricks are. Just eat what you want, enjoy it, and then move on. That's it. So those are five ways to start trusting your body. I hope that was helpful. Again, let me know what you think of this and what else you want me to talk about. For our dessert today, I'm going to read a section from Come As You Are by Emily Nagoski, and it's just a short two paragraphs that I think are really interesting and something that I would definitely recommend checking out this book. I'm hoping that I can get her to come on the podcast at some point because I'd really love to talk to her. I think she's amazing. Okay, so the quote goes, women have cultural permission to criticize ourselves, but we're punished if we praise ourselves, if we dare say that we like ourselves the way we are and it's messing with our orgasms, our pleasure, our desire, our sexual satisfaction, there's a direct trade-off between sexual well-being and self-critical thoughts about your body. A 2012 review of 57 studies spanning two decades of research found important links between body image and just about every domain of sexual behavior you can imagine. Arousal, desire, orgasm, frequency of sex, number of partners, sexual self-assertiveness, sexual self-esteem, using alcohol or other drugs during sex, engaging in unprotected sex, and more. The results vary somewhat among different age groups, among women of different sexual identities, and across different racial groups, but the overall result is universal. Women who feel worse about their bodies have less satisfying, riskier sex with less pleasure, more unwanted consequences, and more pain. So this is Super interesting to me because it makes perfect sense. Like it, it makes perfect sense that the way that you see your body, if it's not good, if you're not, if you don't like yourself and you don't like your body, it's going to get in the way of you enjoying sex and experience pleasure from experiencing pleasure from sex. So that's obviously just a small piece of what she talks about in this book, but I wanted to read it just in case any of you are struggling with this part of the whole body image process, but didn't know how to talk about it or maybe didn't know where to go or, you no, know, whatever. I was reading it for anyone who might need some guidance there. And I know this is going to reach the person who it needs to. So I will link the book in the show notes as well as the other things that I talked about. And I hope you enjoyed this episode. It's going to be short and sweet. As always, um, let me know if you would like to apply for my Jumpstart to Food Freedom coaching program and let me know what you want to hear on the podcast. You can head on over to Instagram, Trust Your Body Project. You can just learn more about me at winniecatalano.com. Talk to you next week.